Yeah, this is going to be an interesting episode. Every episode is an interesting episode. Just kind of hit the ground running when you jump out of a plane, put the parachute on as you're falling. Yeah, that's true. Like Groot did when he saved the Guardians from gravity death <laughs> in the first film. In the first film. <laughs> For me personally, because it's not something that we would normally ever cover, like Disney Plus shorts. But because this is canonical, it's canon with all of Marvel Phase 4 MCU so far and we've covered everything in phase four uh, since WandaVision I feel sort of obligated to do it because it's part of one of the biggest I don't know blockbuster franchises which is Marvel right now the biggest Disney Marvel which is like yeah okay so might as well just cover it and then that way we can say that we've covered everything in phase four including the I am Groot five mini shorts on Disney Plus, which is what we're doing today. Yeah. What are we doing today? Well, you just said it. I am Groot. It's I am Groot. It's I am Groot. Five three-minute plus credits episodes of... Uh, yeah, there's six or seven minutes long. <laughs> there's four minutes of credits and three <laughs> minutes of footage. Yeah, they're each very tight three-minute shorts. They're like... They're, they reminded me of... Um, like Love, Death, Robots. They're these little anthology vignettes. Yeah. I don't think any of them except the last one had any other Guardians character or actually any character at all except for wildlife. Uh, spoilers. At oh, this yeah. point on, we'll just say spoilers for the I Am Groot shorts. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Spoilers. There's a, there's a few things to note about these shorts. Nice shorts. They're canon in the MCU. These are all little tiny vignettes, like Gabe just said, of, of Baby Groot. Uh, after Adult Groot sacrifices himself in Guardians of the Galaxy 1, Rocket takes, I think, a twig or something from the old Groot and plants him, and then he turns into Baby Groot. So it's like a regeneration type thing. He's a seedling. <laughs> and this is him as sort of an infant. People call him Baby Groot, but his name is still Groot. And this is an obscure character in the Marvel Universe. As a baby, in an obscure place in the timeline of the MCU canon, Marvel Cinematic Universe canon. So the official placement of these shorts in the timeline. So the release order is different, obviously, in the MCU kind of canon how these movies and, and things have been released. Mm. But the first one takes place after Guardians 1, right before Guardians 2, because supposedly Guardians 1 and 2 take place right before age of Ultron. So even though guardians two came out after age of Ultron, that movie in the timeline takes place before it. And then the other four, the last four, I am Groot shorts take place after guardians of the galaxy two, right before age of Ultron Avengers. Nice flow chart. Avengers two. <laughs> Thanks man. So yeah, obscure character, not uh, obscure anymore, not obscure anymore, but he was an obscure character in Marvel until James Gunn did what he did and made him into this iconic tree hero yeah, voiced yeah. by Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Who yeah. is back for the I Am Groot shorts. Yes, he is. As Baby Groot. <laughs> Which is so funny because when Vin Diesel was cast as Groot, I knew who Groot was from knowing the comics. And I loved Guardians of the Galaxy before uh, the, the movie came about. But I was like, oh, Vin Diesel would be great because he's got that really gravelly voice. And if he like augments it, he could talk like the big walking tree group. Yeah. Um, this whole baby Groot idea, I've never, 
I never have seen in the comics. I think it was sort of maybe invented for the MCU. I'm I'm not sure about that, but I I've only ever known Groot as the big, tall, macro Groot. There, that's there's James Gunn calls it like Mega Groot or something like that. I forget. Adult Groot. Adult Groot. So yeah, these are just four sort of random, kind of cute stories about Groot experiencing his early life. <laughs> And it's coming out a week before She-Hulk drops. Mm-hmm. She-Hulk's coming out. The much anticipated. Next week, yeah. And I feel like they dropped it right now to sort of supplement the blow of She-Hulk, but... It's like an I'm, hors d'oeuvre. I'm expecting She-Hulk to be not good. <laughs> um, Even bad. It's probably going to be fine. Yeah. Let's talk up really quick just to pay homage to the directors. Do you have them? Yeah, it was just one. Oh, she. I guess it was her creative vision for the whole thing. Okay. It was Kristen Lepore. She's done some animation in the past. I don't know. I don't really recognize any of it, but she was, for some reason as well, thanked in the credits for Everything Everywhere All at Once. So I'm not sure what oh, the wow. Daniels were. If they were inspired by her, she must. Yeah, she must have a history in animation. I don't know. I literally just watched the series, so I haven't done any research on Kristen, but Kirsten, not Kristen, Kirsten Lepore. But it was great. Little vignettes. She she nailed it. Yeah, they were they were pretty creative. So I just imagine Disney's like, hey, we want to capitalize on Baby Groot, so let's go back because he's he's already at this point in the timeline, sort of teenage Groot, you know, since the last two Avengers films. So they want to capitalize and go back in the timeline and work and play around with Baby Groot a little bit. And so I feel like, imagine Kevin Feige or Disney comes to you and says, "We want to do this. Can we make some short stories or give him his own movie or something?" And and they they settled on short stories, like tiny little three four minute things, right? Yeah, I'm curious what the investment was, you know, for money because well, they're always thinking about toy sales because toy sales often drive the actual content we see because most of the money is made off of merchandising and baby Groot is like, just like baby Yoda is like ideal for merchandising. True. So, well, I wonder what they made it for also is what I mean, because you mean budget wise. Yeah. With, with Marvel's known history of sort of abusing their VFX studios in terms of yeah, that's been management lately. And this this Groot thing was entirely VFX. I'm pretty sure it was just yeah. completely computer generated. Well, th- that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Was like, imagine Disney comes to you and says, "We have this idea. We're going to do five to ten little short films of centering around Baby Groot as he's like learning how to be Groot. A, a person or a, a Groot. Yeah, whatever. Groot again. Yeah. But it's going to be entirely CGI, so they don't have to pay any actors apart from the voiceover. And basically, you can have carte blanche as long as it centers around Baby Groot, and it's all CG. So they created the environments from nothing, the characters from nothing, and this is what we got. And I think that idea as a premise is fascinating, but also sort of limiting. Like, if if it came down, like my pipe and they're like, Steven, you're in charge of this. You have to direct it and produce it and come up with these little stories. I wouldn't even know what to do. And that to me as an idea, it really shows how creative a person I think can be or, or is when it's like, Hey, here are the limitations. This is all CG. These are just going to be little short things on Disney plus, but it's also going to be a canon within the MCU. And 
like what like what do you come up with you know to to engage people to make them happy i've seen that this has been getting pretty decent ratings like around like a seven or eight out of ten uh people seem to like it but just you know think it's kind of unnecessary and that's (laughs) that's sort of how i feel about it as well but yeah, I've been racking my brain going, if, if Disney came to me and was like, Steven, you're in charge of coming up with some short stories for Baby Groot, I don't know where, what I would do or where I would begin, you know? Obviously, you capitalize on the cuteness, and you capitalize on his sort of innocence, but his, like, sort of temperamental nature mm-hmm. as, as a young Groot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if... I mean, I imagine I would come up with the same sorts of ideas. Probably not at, at the same caliber. I really enjoyed these shorts. Really, to be honest, and for what they are, I think they're some of the best. Like phase in, four, in, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. it's like better than Thor, better than Doctor Strange, better than I was gonna say in like uh, in the Eternal <laughs> Holy Pantheon of like animated shorts, uh, where where it's like very minimal story, and it's like you know you're relying a lot on physical comedy and stuff like that. Right. These were pretty enjoyable. Yeah, especially like. I don't know. I, I they had me laughing out loud at several instances. Yeah, especially like the second one with Groot starting out building that little treehouse, yeah. and then he stumbles upon a like a microbial civilization. Yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. Like that was funny, and that was one of my favorite ones for sure. I think I don't know for what it is. Like obviously, it doesn't really matter for mm-hmm. the canon, but to just have that, as long as we didn't take advantage of any F, you know VFX people, I think this was a really cool thing to add to the MCU. And I would love to like see younger kids' reactions. You know, to see them watch this, it'd be really fun. Oh, that's funny because I showed the first two to Gwen and Ada. Um, Ada loved it. Yeah. She was like, "Baby Groot's." It seemed like her. Uh, she was really vibing with Baby Groot's temperament. That's pretty much Ada. Ada is Baby Groot. <laughs> Gwen, at some point after the second one, she turned to me and said, "Can we not watch this anymore?" <laughs> Cause she's like, I don't, she's like, I want to watch a kid's show. That's what she said. Okay. And yeah. it's, it's funny that she can express that, but interesting. But I was like, why isn't it funny? It was like baby Groot's being so funny. And, and she was like, yeah, but it's just kind of scary at the same time. And it's really? yeah for her. Yeah. So she didn't even see the scary. One. She's not even three, but she can recognize that like, it's got a little bit of adult uh yeah. context uh-huh. and like the cg because it looks kind of real she's never seen anything like that before like so it was funny to see those three reactions i i did not get to show her the baby Groot takes a bath because i think she would have liked yeah, that one the most for sure it was like the most innocent but yeah the one with the the liquid water monster thing she probably would have freaked out over yeah yeah, so so th- those are the five. The first one is uh, Baby Groot's or I am steps. First steps. He's just coming out of his pot from the end of the first film into the second film, and he's feuding with a bonsai tree who has replaced him on the mantle. <laughs> uh, but he ends up getting out of his pot. The second one is the one I mentioned about him building a little treehouse on a desert planet. And it's then- called the Little Guy. Yeah, my favorite gag of the entire series is when that bird like knocks him out and he's in the treehouse and then a, lar- a bigger bird comes down and swoops. Yeah. The little bird destroying the treehouse and Groot's just standing there. Mm-hmm. And then he stumbles upon the And then he ends up accidentally stepping on the civilization in the end. Yeah. The fu- the funniest <laughs> part about that episode to me was when they started shooting him with lasers and it's just like tickling him. And I well, I was like, "Oh man, this little civilization has lasers." That's pretty funny. 
Yeah. It was like that rats episode of, um, love death robots. Love death robots. Yeah. To me, yeah. And then Groot's pursuit. That's the one where that's the third one where he, um, he's on the ravager ship. Yeah, He's on the ravager ship and there's like a bubble monster, liquid monster. That's like he, and he, they, they get into a dance paddle. Yeah. And then he ends up putting it outside into, into space through like a vacuum seal. Yeah, he, does, he gives it the alien treatment, even yeah. though the blob monster was just trying to give him some pointers on his dance technique. <laughs> and he ejects oh. him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you could tell he kind of seemed a little bit off, like he yeah. might turn at any moment. Villainous. And then Groot takes a bath. That was number four, where he literally takes a mud bath, and this like mud ends up giving him like he starts sprouting like what would be facial hair, but it's like little green. He's like a growth. chia plant. Yeah. Like a chia plant. It's a little chia Groot. Really freaking funny. And they, they do a lot of funny stuff there. And then the, the fifth one's called the Magnum Opus. And I knew that in that one, I could just tell by the title that they were going to do some sort of cameo. I was thinking it was going to be Mantis or Drax, which they sort of did, but it ended up being more CGI. Yeah. Way another way. CG character, which makes the most sense to me. And they used, uh, Bradley Cooper as the voice for, Rocket really quick in that one, which and was, it was cool. noticeably uh, slightly less budget rocket. Uh, yeah. The movement was a little, not as smooth, but it was fine. It was cool to hear him again. It was cute too. That, that one was cute. Cause it was like a little kid running around the house, stealing things to kind of like make a family portrait. Yeah. It reminded me of this children's book called, if you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah. Remember that one? I do. But yeah. So the executive producers are all the normal ones. Foggy, <laughs> Desposito and Victoria Alonzo. James Gunn was also a producer. Kirsten Lepore herself was also a producer. And Brad Winderbaum. I think James Gunn did the voice for the wristwatch in the third short. Oh, yeah. How funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately for me, this didn't land personally <laughs> as well. Like I, Good thing it was only 15 minutes top. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see more. I feel like, I feel like they could have gotten more creative. I felt like... It was sort of like, it wasn't a swing and a miss exactly. It was like you walked onto first base. Like you were walked. You got four balls and you walked onto first base. Well, you got You're still in the game. You're still playing. You're still running the bases, but. That's fair. What would you pitch if you had a, if you have an idea? If you, you think it's not creative enough, what, what would you go for? Like, what do you want to see out of I Am Groot, the limited animated series? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I've been thinking since I saw them uh, yesterday. I don't know, man. I, I, I think the first one where he gets replaced by a bonsai tree really threw me off. The bath one I thought was really creative. The bonsai was pretty weak. I think the rest of them were pretty good though. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I would cap like, I mean, all you can really do is capitalize on the cuteness. Would you keep it tonally the same? You know, like you have that that kind of comedic. Yeah. Cute. Probably. But I would have probably have interactions with like other aspects of what has made Guardians so popular, which is like retro '80s, '90s music, um, which they they kind of did, you know, like '70s, '80s, '90s music. But like I would I would throw some like really iconic, nostalgic things that like are very recognizable, like a maybe like a McDonald's Happy Meal toy or something. You know, that's a great idea, actually. That would have been really cool. <laughs> <laughs> or like I, I would, I would really capitalize on the things like maybe, maybe have him go into the collector's 
lair and have him like start to cause havoc in the collector's little lair. So you want more like MCU. Yeah. Like, well, I just feel like there's more that they could have done like in a creative way. You know, they could have done like maybe he like they're out. He gets lost as they go to somewhere on a planet and he runs into Howard the Duck and then they have like a conversation. I'm literally off the top of my head. Just you're just riffing, riffing. So the first thing I thought of, uh, which I probably wouldn't want to see because it's kind of dark, <laughs> is I was thinking in the first couple episodes, what if Groot was like Sandra Bullock in Gravity? He got launched out of the Ravager ship, and he had to like <laughs> find was, his way back. He's just he spent three minutes floating in space. <laughs> Or like the Love Death Robots episode yeah. where Groot has to cut off his own arm and then throw it to reverse thrust himself back towards the ship. I don't know. Something yeah. something like bizarre would be pretty funny to yeah. see. Maybe not for kids, but I, I also think no, I mean even going off of that, like there are a lot of philosophical questions that also could be asked within a short like a three to four or five minute drop in the bucket. I mean, we've seen it with Love Death and Robots, so Maybe have baby Groot have this kind of existential crisis or like like a literal come to Jesus moment where he encounters something much larger than he can understand and therefore have to like express it in a way that he doesn't really know how to deal with emotions. Because the whole idea with like children in psychology is that they do, they do not know how to express themselves and they have the same emotions essentially as any other human does but they don't know how to express it. So they play a lot with that, with group getting angry a lot and frustrated, but there, I feel like there's more that you could do there uh, creatively. It would be really funny to see Groot or baby Groot uh, interact with like a cosmic deity. Yeah. You know, like, like the watcher pops out. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. You could do that because <laughs> there's another CG character or a celestial being. Yeah. Like imagine the, a celestial pops up to baby Groot and like, wants him to do something and he has no idea what he's talking, he's talking to, like it's you know, very important. You listen, yeah. <laughs> baby Groot. <laughs> I mean, there's li- there's literally six or seven ideas. We just gave you Disney right there. Yeah. You sold me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still, I don't regret using my 15 minutes. You know, I don't either. It was also fun to see my kids reactions, but yeah, that's, I am Groot. I should also say that like, I'm a big fan of the adult Groot. That's my favorite Groot. And I really want to see him come back. Um, and I've missed them ever since they killed them off in the first one. Yeah. So we're, are we still in Teenage Groot right now? I think I think we're going to see more of Teenage Groot in Guardians 3, I don't even remember Adult Groot, to be honest. I need to rewatch the first Guardians movie because that was a fun... He's so cool. I, I, I just really like Adult Groot. I like what they can do with him. I feel like he's kind of just like he can do a lot more things because he's, he's big and he can grow. Yeah. We can use Vin Diesel on stilts again. Yeah. Let him really. <laughs> That's they, not what they did. They did. No, they didn't. There's video footage on the internet of Vin Diesel walking around on stilts to get into character. For what? Groot. I don't know if he actually provided the mocap. I don't think he did. But to get into character, he did walk around it's on stilts. It's just some guy out there with a rod with like a Groot's face on top, you know? You can Google Vin Diesel on stilts. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this this was this was fun. I'm I'm glad we have it. I hope to see more little shorts maybe in the future. Yeah, it would be a shame to go into Teenage Groot. I think Baby Groot is where it's at for sure. And yeah, I was gonna say, for me, like Captain Marvel is still not the best thing that Marvel has done. It might be the lowest rated for me personally. And Baby Groot, unfortunately. These, the I am Groot's shorts are are no right above oh, Captain Marvel. Close. 
they're the only ones so far that Marvel Studios has made that are in the sixes for me. Wow. Out of 10. I give it like a easy 7.5 for me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, if I did that, it would be... I mean, that that being my... I don't really have a Marvel scale. All I know is that my time investment was greatly rewarded versus being stuck in a longer, shittier Marvel movie. <laughs> or show, you know. I'd rather watch this. If I put it at a 7.5, it would be right between Thor Dark World and Black Widow. See... <laughs> This was better than both of those things. Okay. To me, it's it's like a 6.8, 6.89-ish. This, this is what saves the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> this is what gets us this Phase 4 back on track. I think we only have two more things before Phase 4 is done. Just talking about Marvel going forward, we have the She-Hulk series, which is coming out uh, next week. Mm-hmm. We're going to see Daredevil in that. It's going to be really cool. And we have Wakanda Forever coming out in November. And that's the last... That's the end of phase four. And then we get into phase five after that. Yeah. And I'm expecting a bunch of D23 Marvel announcements next month in September because there's all of phase six slots. And we know that there's a bunch of things that they've been working on, like Armor Wars, I'm sure another Spider-Man film, maybe maybe another Doctor Strange sequel before we get into the King Dynasty. But there's a lot of people projecting and hoping for more Marvel news before the multiverse saga, have which is what they're calling it. Have we talked about all this stuff it. on this cast yet? No, actually, I don't think we have, but... Well, but there's, your, there's your slate listener. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, at, at the Comic-Con a few weeks ago, Kevin Feige announced all of Phase 5 and then a few movies in Phase 6, starting with Fantastic Four and then ending with two Avengers films in the same year. I think it's 2024, 2025. Yeah, I wonder if they'll keep that. I'm pretty sure they are. But there's a bunch of things we know that are happening that were not even talked about. A lot of shows. Yeah, a lot. Well, shows and movies. Yeah. And we're hoping for more announcements at D23, which is the big Disney conference happening next month in Anaheim. We should go. We're literally 20 minutes from Anaheim. Is 23 like the year 2023 it's like here's what's coming next no two three it's always d23 yeah it's always d23 it means something i can't remember what it means it's the 23 old gods that kevin feige sacrifices the virgins to to keep the money coming in 23 represents 1923 which was the first year that walt disney arrived in california from where outer space (laughs) (laughs) no i think he's from the east coast or somewhere in the middle of america (laughs) How long has there been a D23? It's been happening on and off, I think, for the last decade. Okay. I think it, it, hap- it happens every year to two years. No, it, it it actually is, it's a Disney. It's all things Disney. Yeah. It's it's mainly, though, centers around the parks oh. and like park updates and stuff. There's a huge announcement that's supposed to happen this year about Tomorrowland being completely revamped. Which would be really cool because they haven't done that since like the year 2000. So like turned into something else or just a new Tomorrowland? Just like a huge renovation um, update. I'm hoping we get Tron coaster out here. It'd be sweet to see a Tron roller coaster. Instead of what? No, just like intertwined in Tomorrowland. Oh, yeah. Flying around. Take over the old like. uh, Spinny thing. The old tram system they have up there. Oh, that the people mover. There's, there's, yeah. There's a rumor they might bring the people mover back. We're gonna move some people. Yeah. 
That's hype. I like how that's like the the pinnacle of the future. The yeah. Tomorrowland is like uh, moving people from point A to point B. That thing has been out of commission for what, like 50 years? <laughs> well, they tried to replace it with that like rocket coaster thing. And it, yeah. that that coaster kept breaking down. And they eventually, because it costs so much money to fix it every time it broke down, they just put it out of commission. But I remember actually being in Tomorrowland and looking up and seeing the line for it and being like, I want to go on that, but but it kept breaking down. The oh. line was always really long, so I never did. Dang. I always see that. I'm like, that would be sick if there was anything there. Because <laughs> that, that's such a cool centerpiece, the rocket thing. Yeah. And then you have it, because it goes through several of the buildings, right? Yeah. Yeah, it goes through Star Tours and used to be something else, though, there before Star Tours was Star Tours. It was like a, like a shrinking thing, going inside the human body or something like that. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Anyway... That's your uh, weekly cult podcast, Disney news. And we'll see you in a couple weeks for <laughs> She-Hulk. Before that, we're probably going to talk about the Sandman. Oh, and a while. How many episodes of She-Hulk are there? I have no idea. Does it matter? In better news, Sandman is wicked. Sandman is wicked. We're going to get to that one soon. It's and wicked good. A few other films and maybe uh, a couple other things. So yeah. this has been Gabe and Steven, TCP. May the force be with you. Wow. <laughs> Wait, wrong franchise. <laughs> <laughs>